0: remembering the acon night i don't think i'm exaggerating when i said half and a half an hour i really i really don't bro i really don't but again again i'm not here to say that to to piss him off or to call him out because i wasn't pissed off bro i wasn't pissed off you know he's been putting decades in and on top of this this guy left the game to help a whole country out bro this guy supplying light to large port large portions of africa you know so so he's nothing but respect okay it's not easy being a musician okay I paid 40 bucks for that ticket, I think. $40. You sang smack that. I wanna love you. Nobody wanna see us together, There's but it don't matter. You know, he gave us that. He gave us that. Yep, yep, locked up. I'm locked up. You won't let me. He gave me the hits. He gave me the hits. I'm okay. I'm, I'm not gonna be pissed off. Okay. Boxing.
1: Alright, welcome all you Silky Studs to another episode of Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs. We got Kyle Bowen on the other side of the microphone here. Obviously in self-isolation. Obviously, Uh, obviously. What's
0: going on, brother? Hey, brother, we just recorded an episode of Meanwhile Canadian on the Post It Up Network. Yes, the Post It Up Network. Yes, the Post It Up Network opening up next week. We excited, we excited. Good episode. Drake Debate. Maple syrup on titties, maple syrup costing $18 million. Me beating Trevor in French lessons. Go check it out on the posted up network. Damn, bro. I can't yeah. believe I beat you, man.
1: Yeah. You know I'm. I'm pretty embarrassed about that. I had fun. I had fun raking Drake over the coals though. It mm-hmm. was, was nice. It felt It felt like it made me feel better about my loss to you in French. That's really fucking. Well, you dumb. did
0: a good job. You did a good job. You know, who knows where we're going to take that segment. I, I think that we'll always bring it up and, there's so much I could bring up on Drake, but the fact that you brought that specific point up, I have to give you some props and next time I bring him up, I just want to be, you know, a little bit more prepared because it seems to me that you're prepared to defend Canada <laughs> straight
1: up. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Uh, uh, go check out the banter on meanwhile in Canada on Canadian on it up.ca uh, coming out later this month. Yes, sometime. yes, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: But in the meantime, Kyle, we've had to kind of fill the hockey void in our lives with other things right now. There's no whole live hockey. A lot of people going back and watching an old games. So how about you tell the listeners, what's one memorable thing hockey-related that you've watched?
0: Yo, fuck one. I'm going to tell them all. I'm going to tell them all. I'm going to tell them all because okay. it's, it's, all it's, it's all been on YouTube. It's all been on YouTube. So it's all been on YouTube. So I've watched I watched memorable playoff goals in recent NHL history. I think they were overtime goals. So we're seeing John Tavares against Florida. We're seeing Adam Henrique taking, uh, taking New Jersey to the Stanley Cup Finals. What else are we saying? We've seen Dustin Penner against Phoenix or Arizona at the time or Phoenix. Who who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? What else did we see? We saw obviously the the Chicago games with Vancouver. We saw the ending of Boston Chicago game six. Remember that Dave Bolin bickle
1: moment. That was, that was
0: big. So I watched all that stuff. I also watched, did I watch actual footage from miracle on ice? I think I did. I I didn't watch the, 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 the Disney film. I watched the actual footage. And it was emotional. I'm not even American, but hockey, man, I miss it. I miss it. And that was a performance. Little did I know that the Americans beating the Soviets wasn't for the gold medal.
1: Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. Crazy story. That's crazy. It, it was just the whole, it was, you know, we all love an underdog story. And even though it wasn't for the championship per se, mm-hmm. it was still, it was a huge moment, right? These like ragged tag college players coming together, beating Russia. You know, I, I'm trying to think of an underdog story like that. But, I mean, Canada fucking created hockey. So I don't think we really have a similar story.
0: No, 100%. 100%. It was just a, a marvelous story, man. And, and it's so cool to see the Russians. Because this was, this was way back in the day. You know, the Russians were, were waiting for the call post-game all the way back in Russia. It was obviously a little delayed. And they were just so disappointed to find out, not in real time, that the U.S., the U.S. of A, beat the powerhouse in the Soviets. I do want to learn more about the Soviet Union and their hockey team and their hockey program because there seems like there's so much history there. So much history that I don't know shit about. So I got to read a book on what was happening back in the day because they were not only Canada's only competition, they were, they were like a legit competitor. A legit competitor. And everything to do with with the Cold War. That shit runs deep, bro. Shit runs deep. Yeah. Gotta see that. And it didn't
1: it didn't really end that long ago, if you think about it. It mm-hmm. ended just before you and I were born. So boom. Boom, we're not, boom. We're not that old, man. It's not that long ago we're talking about. But boom, boom. let's get into it on another episode of Silky and Filthy. Hey, I didn't I'd finish it. I, I, I didn't finish it. <laughs> I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it, bro. Come on, man. Oh, that's okay. I'm just saying we got to we gotta break into that at, an, at a later date. But you go for it. I watched some Elias Patterson
0: highlights, too. All his goals from this season. I think it was an 11-minute highlight package. They went into detail, you know? He scored a goal. They showed four different angles. All of those, you know? And, and I will say this. Last year, he scored, I would say, a handful of better goals. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. A handful of nicer goals. Yo, know, we, we watched Elias Patterson every game this year. The dude was missing the net a lot. But he was still scoring. He still scored a ton of goals. He was the man. Elias Patterson, the fucking man. Dude's a fucking yeah. talent. Dude's elite. Dude's elite. I was
1: look, yeah, I was looking up some stats for another uh, article in Nuxbus for that came out about a week and a half ago. Uh, one stat for each Canucks forward. Canucks, Canucks forward. And Elias Pedersen, I didn't list this one because I'm on something else, but he has the most, miss, most missed nets and the most posts on the Canucks so far this season. How many posts did he hit this year? Uh, I think between post and crossbar, it was around 10. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Bro. I think it was like. It's, six posts and three crossbars. I don't have wow. in front of or something like that.
0: Wow. That's a lot, man. He he was definitely gripping it and ripping it a lot yeah. this year. And a great year. He was so good this year again, man. For Elias Pedersen to do what he did this year in his second year, where, you know, you're supposed to maybe see the sophomore jinx. And plus the games got harder for Vancouver. He did amazing, bro. What an amazing talent. Vancouver's blessed to have him. Watched his highlight package from this season. My favorite goal of his, this may surprise people, Actually, I got two. I got two. It was the one against Vegas where he dove to to jam the puck in after getting robbed by Flurry. It just shows his effort, bro. It's not just one highlight. Like, if people are seeing that from the East Coast about Elias, that's not just one highlight to score a goal. That's Pedersen every single fucking game. The motor is there. He's a tryhard. A tryhard. Such a dangerous player because, once again, he tries hard and he has so much skill. So Elias Pedersen, once again, blessed to be in Vancouver. Number two... Was that goalie scored against Tampa Bay, where he? Sh- I think like the puck hit some player in the face. He went to go say sorry or just check up on him. Play went the other way. Quick turnover. He turned around to get like a little breakaway, and he- the way he flicked it in was so sick, bro. He just opened up Vasile- Vasilevsky's five hole, slicked it in, all by all at the same time, like saying sorry to a dude he just hit in the face. So. Or I don't. I don't think he hit it. I think. I think right somebody. There. I think somebody else hit him. But I just, it was just a bizarre play. Go. Go search it up. Tampa Bay, Vancouver, yeah. Elias Pettersson goal. I remember watching that at the gym and just just making a nasty face because he just schooled Vasilevsky, man. He schooled him, bro. He schooled him. Yeah. It was Kucherov-esque, and if you look at his hands, he. I always bring up Kucherov as a comparison for Elias Pettersson. Yeah. I think that's a good comparison. I know. I know Kucherov may not be the sexiest name in the NHL, but the dude is filthy, bro. The dude's filthy. <laughs> bro,
1: guy's crazy. Yeah, he is pretty nuts. Uh, I think we'll get into that last a bit more later to what well, one thing we're going to do to end the end end the episode here is we're going to rank the best star duos in the Pacific division. Now there may be some surprises. There may not be, but there'll be some good debates to have regardless. So we'll get into that later. No debate at number
0: one though. No debate at number one. Yeah. Zero debate at number zero one. Zero debate.
1: Zero debate at all. We'll but just tell um, you
0: dry saddle McDavid. Number one, we ain't trying to go yeah. there. We ain't trying to stir the pie. We know. We you know, we, yeah. come
1: on. Well, yeah, you're, you're an idiot if you say otherwise. <laughs> you're an I mean, idiot, come on. yeah. Like, we're idiots, but we're not that dumb. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah, okay. Let's okay, silky okay. and
0: filthy.
1: Let's go. All right, so, so, okay, let me tell you. Okay, there's a couple things I watched. I watched a couple games on the weekend, also on YouTube. Uh, three games to throw you guys your way. So, I watched the 1982 Canucks versus Chicago game where Roger Nielsen waved the white towel. And yeah. I don't know if they did a great job of depicting how many penalties <laughs> there were, but it's, it's crazy to see, like, guys like Jim Nill the GM of the stars who's throwing the body around as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. And cool. And the goalies to play so loose back in those days too, man. <laughs> it's crazy to watch Trevor. You could have oh.
0: made the NHL, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: man, what can I say? I was, uh, you know, all star defenseman at 11 years old. Yeah, no, bro. Big deal. Three the- points per game, dude. They
0: yeah. couldn't get the puck off the ground, bro. That's crazy to me. <laughs> Yeah, game. that's why they
1: moved into to defense, though, because I wasn't a sniper. You know, I, I could pass and I could win face and so I could check, but uh, I wasn't a sniper, unfortunately. That, that was safe for ball hockey. <laughs>
0: shout out ball hockey, shout out ball hockey. Yo, that'd be a trip to watch, 82, going all the way back then. And the Canucks, yeah. I know there's like a personal bias there. You want to watch them all games. They, they didn't have that much talent back in the day, bro. They really didn't, bro. If it's you not like the a, same NHL.
1: I know yeah, it's not the really same NHL,
0: didn't. but even for a playoff team, and they did miraculous things. To get the Seneca finals. Didn't they get to the finals in that in that year? Yep. 82, that was right?
1: Yeah. Yep. So that game against Chicago, I watched, they lost, but they won the next three after that. Sick. To move on to. to I think it
0: was the third they, round
1: after that. Were they
0: somewhat like the Minnesota Wild? We'll <laughs> talk. <laughs>
1: it's a bunch of nobodies. Oh, the 80s Canucks were like the Minnesota Wild. No, they were worse than that. A bunch like, of
0: nobodies, real. man. Bunch of nobodies.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Stan Smeal. Um, I know Nick Bonney. <laughs> Host of Power of the Towel had Thomas Drance on this week. Go check it out. Part of the Nux Viscontic Network here. Um, he's not a big fan of Stamiel having his number retired. <laughs> a bit of a controversial take, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I get it. There's a culture losing here, and we have a lot of jerseys retired. Dude, Nick Bondi,
0: one of a kind, bro. Nobody like Nick. Nobody like
1: Nobody Nick. Nobody like Nick. That's okay? what we're proud so to have let's him let's on, the the Nux Nux Viscontic- here on the Network. Straight he's, up. Uh, shout out, on Nick. One of a kind guy. Shout out. Uh, okay, uh, two other games. I watched the Montreal Canadiens, Quebec Nordiques, 1984, Good Friday, Massacre. Ooh. We referenced Quebec on another episode of Silky and Filthy. But that game is insanity, okay? Bro. It took over an hour between the second and the third period because there was a brawl at the end of the second. And then they sent all the teams to the dressing room. And then they came back out for the third. And before the puck was even dropped, they brawled again. And then nice. they sent everyone off again. Nice. Like we're talking about something that we're probably never going to see again. And they canceled the game? Did they cancel the game? No. They, not only did they not cancel the game, <laughs> but there was a huge turning moment in the third period. Okay? Damn, bro. Huge, it was a huge Spoil it. Period. Spoil
0: it. What happened?
1: So, okay. So, Quebec was up one nothing going into the third period, and all this shit went down. Quebec, after all this finally gets settled, Quebec goes up 2 nothing, and then gives up five straight goals to Montreal. <laughs> nice. And they lose the game and get eliminated from the playoffs. Oh. It was an insane game. Like they
0: lose it, that game and get eliminated on the same night.
1: Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. And these guys serious. have to
0: shake hands after?
1: <laughs> I didn't see any video of the handshake line, but uh They probably weren't allowed. I think every like almost half the teams were in the dressing rooms. Like it was they were depleted, dude. Like there was not a lot of guys on the bench. And these guys played out the third and obviously favored Montreal in the end. So uh, that's a crazy game to watch, man. Crazy Damn. game to watch.
0: No, that, that okay. sounds sick. That's a, that's a great game to uh, sell the game. Uh, am I allowed to say yeah. that in 2020? I don't give a fuck if I'm not allowed to say that. that. that's You can't see that anywhere else. You can't. I don't give a fuck, bro. You got people on ice skates and hockey sticks just throwing down for an hour, and then they still got a skater on the ice. Skate on the fucking ice. And put this puck in the net. Like, that, that's an incredible sport, if you ask me, bro. <laughs> I'm being straight up. It's incredible. There's this... um. There's this YouTuber who reacts to hockey highlights and he's from Ireland. And yeah. his, whole, his whole thing is soccer fan reacts to this. soccer. He's done like McDavid, Elias Patterson, Matthews, and he's done brawls. Like he's done Colorado versus Detroit, and he just did this one. And I saw the thumbnail. I didn't click it. He's hilarious. bro. I, I'll put his name in the bio. I'll put the link in the bio of this episode because he deserves a shout out. Straight from Ireland. Promoting the game of hockey, promoting the NHL. So, some
1: mad love for him. Shout out Ireland, man. Shout out Ireland. Okay, so the last game I watched wasn't quite... Well, it was entertaining, but it was the 1999 Game 6 Stanley Cup Final between Buffalo and Dallas. And part of the reason I wanted to watch this game is because the first Stanley Cup Final I remember watching was Dallas and New Jersey the year after that. So, I wanted to go back and watch the last Stanley Cup Final game that I don't remember. So it, it was a crazy time too, because we're talking about, I was going from the 80s where goals are being scored left, right, and center to the late 90s where it's just a defensive battle. And in this series, we're talking about Dominic Hoschuk in Buffalo and Ed Belfour in Dallas, Ooh. both of who had goals against averages under two in this Cup final. Ooh. Like they are crazy in this series. And you know what? Even though it was a low scoring game, it was it was an entertaining game. And obviously this is like the 50 minute uh, condensed game or whatever. But you know, some good entertainment. And one thing I didn't quite get is Joe Newendike ended up winning the con Smythe. Okay. So what happened? Why, why Despite have having Belfor on the team, Ed Belfour had a 931 save percentage in the playoffs, a 1.9 goals against average, Ooh. wins his team, a fucking Stanley Ooh. Cup. And Joe Newendike, who has 10 points in 23 playoff games, wins the con Smythe? I don't what's going on there man I don't was that it. a uh Joe Newendike undeserving
0: was that a little tribute to Joe Newendike? you've been around for a while take this you worked hard now you got your second Stanley Cup take this I don't know I, I want to know I mean obviously that's uh that's a very polarizing series. we've all seen the highlights. I've never seen any of the games. I don't think I've seen any games from that year. Ironically two years after I started I started you know watching the game but just in general that that series that goal infamous, everyone has seen it, Brett Hull. Once again, though, haven't seen the games. What do you think about the hockey? What do you think about Darian Hatcher?
1: Oh, Darian Hatcher's an absolute beast, man. First, Again, first American captain to win the Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those games that it was actually, again, we're talking about a 50-minute condensed highlight package of a game that went to three overtimes. Um, but there was, there was a lot of good back-and-forth moments. I mean, both teams had their chances. Both goalies stood on their heads time and time again. Uh, it was just one of those series like Haschik. Obviously, I think he's one of the best goalies of all time. Belfour was really hitting his stride there in the 90s, too, as a guy who uh, was always good, but ended up winning in the big game in the 90s. Um, honestly, really entertaining hockey game. Um, but And the goal should have counted. So, anyone who's still bitching about that goal, you're out to fucking lunch. The goal should have counted. Ooh, Don't even.
0: Ooh, Begsy.
1: Begsy's out here. That goal should have counted. Fuck this you, game- cousins. Uh his skate grazed the crease. Like whatever, ooh. man. It should have counted.
0: Ooh, ooh, it's it's um, it's similar to. Isn't it similar to Jelena against Tampa Bay, or was it Jelena or no Tampa Bay scoring against Calgary,
1: or am I right on something? Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So with Jelena and Tampa, so the Calgary Flames at yeah. Tampa Bay in the 2004 Stanley Cup Final, uh, that puck actually crossed the line. It, and they didn't catch it. I just so yeah, was, yeah. I feel as if the different. I feel as if no. I just feel
0: as if the controversy should be similar. You know what I'm saying? I just feel as if we do only talk about the Gelina thing when it's like a 10 year, 15 year, 20 year anniversary. The 20 year coming up in a couple of years, but we don't really hold it to that level. Where the Brett Hall thing, I'm on the same boat. It's it's yo, bro. That happens all the time. That even even back in the day, that happened all the time. That's a goal. It's a goal. It is what it is. It's a goal. Brett yeah. Hall. Red Hall gets it done. I, everyone knows the damn highlight. Everyone knows that damn highlight. Man, 1999. Okay, instead of answering just that, what you think about Darian Hatcher? What, what you think about hockey, though, back then? What you think about
1: the. Yeah, game? I, I mean, that's, again, that's when you and I started watching hockey. And it, it's, it's good hockey. Like, we, we grew up loving it, not knowing any different. Young, uh, non wise boys, you know, just learning the game of NHL hockey. It's not as good as it is today, by any means. You know, I, I do like that physical aspect that's more prevalent in the game than it is now. But the game today is just so much better. I'm talking McConnor yeah. McDavid, Elias Pettersson, Austin Matthews, all these superstars, goals being scored um, at a higher rate since, you know, we're talking about the early 90s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. The game today is in a really, really good spot. And, you know, it's I'll, I'll cherish the times of, late 90s, early 2000s hockey, but the game today is some of the best I've ever seen in that.
0: 100%.
1: 100%. 100%. All right, so we, we talked about some of the old things we've been watching on YouTube. If you've if you've been watching something on YouTube that you think uh, we should watch or that other listeners should watch, let us know. We'll give you a shout-out on com. Yo, can I say something uh,
0: here? Can I say something? Can, yeah, I, can it, I jump in? I have to get this off my chest before I forget, and I know we're going to dive into some, just some better things than this bullshit right here. Okay, so yesterday... Go on Twitter, people just roasting Brandon Prest. Okay, it is what it is. I, I maybe that's too nonchalant of a statement based on what was going on. But if you listen to Brandon Press in some of his interviews, he just he just says shit for the sake of saying shit. Again, I don't know if he means it, but he just there to provoke and and he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. He just he just likes doing these type of things. Anyways, at the end of one of his tweets, he says something that I can't just sta- I can't stand anymore. I can't stand anymore because you hear this within the community of hockey he says he says hockey players are the most respectable athletes or respectful athletes on the planet can they stop doing that can they stop doing that even if that is true can you stop boasting about it? you know what I'm saying all these athletes there are a lot of there are a lot of good athletes playing different sports doing amazing things being hella respectful don't don't be braggadocious about you know, hockey players being the most respectful athletes. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. But you don't got to say it. You don't got to say it. That shit just weak.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly, weak. I think that anything coming from the mouth of Brandon Pruss should probably be laughed at and chucked out the window because that guy's been touting some pretty racist shit online lately, and I don't know what's gotten into him. Again, I didn't. Uh, I didn't.
0: I haven't read the tweets. I haven't gone into the stories. I just. I don't. Something, something's up with me. Like I just don't give a shit sometimes. You know, I'm just like I'm not gonna read this shit on Twitter. You know, uh, yeah. I, c- call me naive, call me ignorant. It just, I can't connect to it. It bums me out. But when I see the last sentence of that tweet, that sentence right there, it's so fucking weird. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Hockey players are the most respectful athletes in the world, bro. All there are a lot of athletes playing a lot of sports, doing amazing things. Okay, okay. You don't gotta brag about it. You don't got to say you're better than it. Come on, get the fuck out of here. That
1: shit's so weak, yo. So weak. Yeah, it's weak as fuck. So uh, like weak. I said, all, athletes all around the globe are doing great things, and you also got Straight NHL up. players like Brandon Prest who are a complete fucking dirt dirtbag. So it goes both ways, as Man. we all know in today's world.
0: Hey, hey, it does, it
1: does. All right, so often on the show we did something called the three tasty takeaways, three things going on in the, in the NHL this week. I'm going to call it the three hypothet- hypotheticals. I can't even say the word. Look at that. Uh, with obviously with nothing going on, we're going to toss around three hypotheticals here. The first one I got for you, Kyle, came from Gary Bettman today. So it is actually kind of recent. So we learned from Bettman today from his interviews on Sportsnet that if the NHL returns in July, it'll likely be one neutral site per division. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, and maybe you throw it out for a couple of divisions. I'll throw it out for the other ones. But which which cities in each division are getting picked for this?
0: I heard that Winnipeg.
1: <clears throat> Winnipeg's got to be top of the list, man.
0: Top of the list, right? So that would be the central.
1: Yeah, wouldn't that and wouldn't that be awesome for Winnipeg? I that know would be awesome. I don't think people are really going to be going to games, obviously, but hell, I mean, you get the fucking center of hockey in Winnipeg. It'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it'd be different. It'd be it'd be interesting. Um, for the Pacific, <laughs> I, I'm thinking somewhere in Alberta. <laughs> Real talk. Somewhere yeah, just, yeah. Somewhere it's, just it's up not going to
1: California. Yeah. Um, I doubt it's going to be Vegas. It's it's probably... Fuck, it's probably going to be like Edmonton, man. I Edmonton. Swear.
0: Or just, you know, Etson, Alberta. <laughs> somewhere. Just somewhere <laughs> up there. You know what I'm saying?
1: Red Deer, Alberta. Straight up, it, straight it, it, up. Oh, yo, maybe Fort McMurray. There you go. That's what I'm saying,
0: bro. Just one of these places. Yo, for the... Uh, what would it be? The Atlantic? Florida.
1: They don't give a fuck. Oh, what are you talking about, man? Florida's like... They've been one of the worst states in the U.S. Bro, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying they don't give a fuck. Oh, like, no, you know, but they don't the give the a
0: fuck, man. I know, I know. I'm just playing, bro. Florida is an interesting place, bro. Interesting place. Interesting place. They'd be so open to it. You know, might as well just come down. Who cares? We're good. We're good. For the, uh, <laughs> what's the other one? Okay, we got the Atlantic, Pacific, Central, the Metropolitan. Okay, the Metropolitan. That'd be tough, bro. I don't even know where to go. Where, do you, where are you going to go?
1: Yeah, I mean, it all seems pretty up in the air right now. <laughs> you're not going to New York because yeah. that state's been ravaged. Damn, man, bro. I think you're probably going to... I'm going to go Washington, D.C., man. I Damn. mean, you're closest to to Anthony Fauci and all the other medical <laughs> experts running the state. So, let's go Washington D.C. there. That's that's my pick of beat. Yeah,
0: man. You're or st-
1: or you're going somewhere with a lower population like Columbus or, or the burbs of Columbus, I guess.
0: Or, you know, the most logical thing to do here if we're actually thinking that hockey is coming back is have eight teams in the playoffs and just go to Winnipeg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Real talk, yeah, real I- talk cuz I don't think it's going to happen. Right now Gary Bettman's t- trending on uh trending on Twitter though.
1: Yes, so and and one of the things he mentioned too is that the NHL is obviously very worried about their loss of revenue, which makes sense. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're again, we're no sympathy for the billionaires and millionaires out there, but these teams are losing millions of dollars by the day.
0: Oh, 100 percent. But everyone is losing money. Everyone, everyone, in every yeah, single true. industry, this shit don't fucking matter, bro. It don't matter. But I will say that Gary Bettman is doing his doing his job, just like. A lot of business owners, or commissioners, or CEOs are doing their jobs. They're looking at solutions. At the end of the day, that's what they got to do. Some may not, yeah. say, some may not think it's ethical, but that's what they got to do. It is what it is, bro. We got to move on as a society. And just by him telling Ron McClain that, oh, there may be four locations, blah blah blah. Yo, it's 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 just banter right now. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing set in stone. He's just doing his job. I'm not going to look too much into this. In my heart, I feel as if. Sports aren't coming back. They aren't coming back for a little while here, and it may be one of those years that nobody wins, and it's all good. Yeah, I'd
1: I'd agree with you too, man. But uh, you know, here on Silky and Filthy, we're only here. I know, I uh, know,
0: I know, I know. Okay, so let's let's keep answering. Drew Dowdy says that it wouldn't count. That team that wins the cup, it wouldn't count. It wouldn't count. Let's be real, bro. And and you know the best way to sum this up, bro? I know we were joking about if the Canucks did it, we wouldn't give a fuck. We'd be celebrating. Imagine if that did happen and Bo Horvat picks up the cup and he's celebrating in front of zero fans. You know what I'm saying? Like we waited our whole life to witness a Canuck win the Stanley Cup. It would just be so, again, I don't know how much I would care, but it would be so bizarre. And as of right now, I, I feel like I would be unfulfilled with him doing that in front of zero people because you just picture that image. You know, you want that image. Him doing it in front of a crowd, whether it be away or home, just that whole spectacle and oh man. I, it wouldn't count. Drew Dowdy's right, man. It wouldn't count. Just cancel the season, yo. What's what's gonna happen? Man.
1: Man, man oh man. You're gonna side with Drew Doughty on this, eh? I am, you I know, am. If by some way or chance that hockey's able to come back, those guys, they're going to pour their blood, sweat, and tears mm. into fucking playoff games. Mm. We're talking best of seven series, you know? Mm. We're not talking about like one game single elimination, You know, four games in the playoffs is done. We're talking about games after games in the playoffs. You're going to side with Drew Doughty on this one, man? Really? Well, the you... butthurt guy who's talking about who's won two cups? Okay, sad that it sucks now? Come on, man.
0: I'll say this also. A lot of people out there they're saying that the world won't won't come back to normal and people won't be the same. What you what you just said there, you know, these are athletes and these are situations that they just want to be in. They may set the example that no, you're wrong. Things will go back to normal. You know, it, it, I'm interested to see how all aspects of life react to normalcy or just some form of normalcy coming back. So you never know. You never know because the way I see it, I feel as if it would be hard for these players to stir up that emotion based on the circumstances. But you could be right too, bro. You know, once the puck drops and maybe it'll take one game. Maybe it'll just take one game. Maybe it'll take a round. But eventually those feelings, those emotions, how playoff hockey should be played would come back. You, You never
1: know. No, oh, it it's going to come back in a, in a big way, you know, because when this does happen, if and when, and, and let, honestly, I, I do think the season's being canceled. I'll put that out there right now. But if and when it does come back, you know, this is all these players know. We talk about hockey players and having hockey engraved in their DNA from a young age. This is all these guys know. They live and they've grown up dreaming of these moments. We've all dreamt of these moments playing street hockey before. And yeah, it's a little weird to be playing in front of no fans but if, there's, if that's what the NHL decides to do, these guys are still going to play the games to the best of their ability. I don't think they're going to go half-assed because there's no fans there. These guys are going to put the, put it on the line mm. and try to win.
0: Yes, yes. That'd be interesting, man. I'm curious to see that. Again, I think if they were to do that and it would be the same without fans, they would kind of set an example that that would tell humans around the world that don't worry. You know, when things find a way to get back to normal for you as individuals, as people, as a community they will go back to normal because a lot of people are in fear that, that life won't be the same. I, I don't see it like that. I, I just feel as if time should be taken and maybe some of our habits are out of sorts, but eventually when things get back to normal and there's a vaccine and people are comfortable, we will, you know, we'll be living the same. We'll be living the same. We'll be, uh, we'll be partying together, sticking together, you know? I see it, I see it. I, I, athletes, man, once again, man, the, the, the the other crazy thing is once this is all set in stone, the the outrage from those who don't watch sports, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, will come, hundred <laughs> <100%, Yeah>, percent,
1: bro. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out going down the road here. But I, I do know when NHL comes back, you no know, player's are gonna give it their all, fans or not, uh, in the same format or not. You know they're gonna give it their all. So they're that's what they've been trained to do, and that's what their life is. They get paid to do it, man. So. It's going to happen. You throw another tasty hypothetical there, man. I like it. Uh, let me throw one more hypothetical your way. This one's a little bit more Vancouver Canucks-based. I mean, you are listening to Silky and Filthy here on the Nuxmas Misconduct West, West Coast, West
0: Coast, West Coast. Let's talk about the West Coast, man. Let's go.
1: I wrote an article today for com. One captivating stat. Captivating, Kyle. Captivating.
0: Captivating.
1: captivating. From East Canucks defenseman. And there's a few takeaways from it. Go check it out on our site. Obviously were Republican Quinn Hughes tires again and again, because he fucking deserves it. But one thing that was kind of highlighted for me doing this article was the decision between keeping Stetcher or keeping Tanev. Now, now what do you think the Canucks should do? If, if it came down to one of either player or drop both, what do you think the Canucks should do? And what do you think they will end up doing? I mean, we have the announcement now that the salary cap is likely to remain flat at 81 and a half million it's probably not going to drop because that opens up a whole other bunch of complications. Um, But yeah, what do you think is going to happen in this scenario, man? And what do you think should happen?
0: It comes down to how much money Chris Tanev wants. Cause if you ask me who I want as the player, I'm taking Chris Tanev hundred percent, hundred percent. I fuck with how he plays with Quinn Hughes. I still think he has a lot of game left when he's healthy. He's so smart, man. You, You take him out of the lineup. I guarantee you will see a major, a major difference. And again, I think his play has, yeah, it's, it's not been the same as it was in the past, but once again, how much money are are you actually paying Chris Tanev compared to how much money you'd actually pay, pay Troy Stature? Is there a big difference there? And if there isn't, I'm keeping I'm keeping Chris Tanev. I know I know Troy's younger, but I think especially with these circumstances now. I mean, the Canucks just lost out on a year. You know, next year is going to be so important again. So I just want to ice the better team, and. Chris Tanev, I still think he has a couple good years left in him where he's gonna be serviceable doing what he does best. And, and in this competition that we're having right now, that's be a better defenseman than Troy Stetchard.
1: Yeah, interesting points you bring up. Um I oh, I'll say I'll say one thing to you. You said you fuck with the way he plays with Quinn Hughes. There's some fancy stat, right? That,
0: There's some fancy stat coming my
1: way right now. But don't you think that Myers Stetchard also couldn't is Tanev really elevating Quinn Hughes that much because you know I felt this way I think everyone feels this way about Tanev he's not the same Tanev that he was three four years ago when everyone thought that we could get Tanev for a first round pick (laughs) you're not getting that now Tanev Tanev for a first round pick Tanev away you're going to get a fancy stat here Tanev away from Quinn Hughes this season had a Corsi below 40% 40% Mm. he's getting shelled without Quinn Hughes and you saw shades of that in their last dozen games together. They weren't as good as they were earlier in the season. But, you know, by those metrics, they were good early in the season. I think the eye test and the analytics proved that. But later in the season, they weren't as good together. And when he played with his next two most common partners were Jordy Ben and Alex Edler. And with both of those players, he played like shit. The Canucks are giving up chances. They're giving up goals. And yeah, maybe he's not in those favorable situations. But I just don't think he's the Chris Tanev of old. I you talk about dollars. Yeah. Chris Hanev, I think, it's going to command $5 million on the open market. Yeah, and Troy Stetcher, don't you think he'll be asking for, what, three and a half, four? Don't you think so? I think it will be at least three. I think it could be three and a half. But even then, I think he's a better deal than Chris Hanev. I would argue that, Stet- that Stetcher now, he's not been given the opportunity, but I think he's probably a better player than Chris Hanev.
0: Damn, that's bold. That's bold. Okay, so if, if, there, if there is a $2 million difference, yeah, I'm taking Troy Stetcher. In my mind, I could see it being just a million off. I think Troy Stetcher is good too. And I think with all these players just getting paid, I just, it's hard for me to think that the Canucks will get him at $3 million. I really will. I really find that hard. And also, a part of me is kind of just not forgotten about Troy Stetcher, but I feel as if he's disgruntled, you know, like him and Green won't get along when it comes to yeah. Uh, Troy Stetcher. And, we, and he wants more ice time. I he wants to. more ice time, man. He wants more ice time. He wants to prove himself.
1: Yeah, I do think the caveat here is if, They were to choose Stetcher over Tanev, they got to pump his fucking tires. You know, Mm -hmm. they've been, Green has been beating him down for three years. He's always started at the bottom pairing. He's always starting at the bottom of the lineup. He's not getting the minutes. But when he gives him the minutes, he's a good defenseman. Now, this year, Troy Stetcher, he was, I think he was maligned from not playing that well with Jordy Ben. And then he had a couple bad turnovers, really bad turnovers at bad times that made him look like a shitty player. But overall, I think Stetcher had a, had a really solid season. But yeah, if he's going to stick around with the Canucks, you got to pump his tires. You can't be beating this guy down and beating this guy down. He's not a fucking Jake for Tannen, okay? He's earned it. He's earned that opportunity. Give it to him if you're going to keep him around.
0: Yeah, once again, I, I fuck with Troy Stetcher, man. He is He's a good leader. He speaks well to the media. And he's a fucking tryhard, man. The dude's a fucking tryhard. I fuck with him. I really do. Maybe I'm too much of a TANF stand, but... If it's if it's a million difference, I'm I'm keeping Tanev, and I know a lot of people don't like that opinion. They're looking at the fancy stats, aka the proof, quote unquote, the proof. They may they may be thinking I'm high as fuck right now, but I, I fuck with Chris Tanev. I, I think he's super important to this team, and I would be interested to see how this team looks without him. It just it would be so bizarre to see. It'd be so bizarre to see. Right. You know what's you know what's crazy what? here though? It's it's like they can afford this happening and. and a big reason why is because Alex Edler. He's still there. They got him at a good rate and he still plays well. So yeah. yeah. Edler, man, shout out to Edler. Yeah. He's he's aged well. I think he's gotten better yeah, in the last gosh. two years than, than he was, you know, three years ago. just um he just kinda upped his play. He's found his role, and he's and he's just playing smart. Yeah, he's he he's a solid defenseman, man.
1: Yeah, there's some more Edler t- uh, tire pump going on in my latest piece on Uh Go check it out. Kyle, I'll ask you one more thing. You think the Canucks should try it just to say, fuck you, Stetcher, fuck you, Tanev, and go chase someone like Petrangelo? Yes. And do you 100%. think it's possible? Do you think it's possible? Like, you think Petrangelo ever something?
0: I think it's possible because it's Jim Benning, bro. It's Jimbo. It's Jimbo, bro. That'd be scary, though. You know, Peter Angelo is asking for money, bro. He's asking for money and term. 30 years old. Good defenseman, though. Really good defenseman and incredible leader. I'm not just saying that because he won the cup last year. I, he plays the game the right way. He does. And, and again, I, 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 fuck with, I fuck with the hockey players, the good hockey players, good old Canadian boys that are good with the media, and I feel as if he'd be able to handle a Canadian market. But I, I don't know. Like, Do I see it happening? No, but I believe it may happen only because Jim Benning july 1st especially after a year that disappeared oh bro could you imagine this dude could you imagine this dude with some cap space
1: yeah he's not gonna have any of that cap space unfortunately but hey yeah you're right you know dump uh you dump 10 of his Stetcher. all you got to do is dump someone like uh markstrom and boom boom that's right years man there Damn, you go bro. it's 10 a lot million going a year. on
0: a lot going on
1: <laughs> all right man let's wrap up this episode by ranking the best star duos in the Pacific Division. Let's go. Now, there's some sad on this list. There's some nice on this list. Maybe I didn't even pick the right stars, man. Who the fuck knows? Like I said, we're just a couple idiots here. Aye. So, get guilty puck top and bullshit. Let's rip through the list, man. Let's go. Let's go. At, at the very bottom of the list, I have the Anaheim Ducks. And I was like, who the fuck am I going to pick for the Anaheim Ducks? But it has to be Ryan Getzlaff and John Gibson. <laughs> I think they're easily the two best stars on the team. Bulls didn't have great seasons. The Ducks didn't have a great season. Um, maybe we should just move right on to to number yeah move on six. move
0: on, shout out to Ricard raquel, but yeah, move on,
1: yeah, yeah, so number seven on the list here. I have the Arizona coyotes <laughs> with their fake star duo in Taylor Hall and Clayton Keller, and I say fake duo because Hall is leaving he's not staying in Arizona, yeah, and Clayton Keller, I think most people, especially if you own him in fantasy hockey, he hasn't lived up to his expectation yet,
0: yeah, man, sign that big deal as well it's it's something with Arizona, man. I think it's too easy to play there. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say it right now bro is this too easy to play here the culture there it's it's oh shit i'm making i'm making millions of dollars playing in arizona and nobody gives a fuck okay i don't know that's just what i see too man he he has the talent and i don't want to go in on arizona okay i'm not going to do it on this episode but yeah okay let, let, let's give them that seven spot
1: wow kyle you, you must be you must be smoking something really happy today because usually, <laughs> nah, nah. Usually every you're single week going in on arizona
0: every single week come on man shit <laughs>
1: All and right, shout out to six,
0: uh hey, i fuck with that one player though that um he just one of the he just one of the best like top nine players like Connor garland he just Connor tries hard. he fucking tries hard man that guy's fucked yeah great player great, <laughs> great player, player great player I man any team any team would be lucky to have that dude on this team
1: straight up yeah. bro he gets he it. reminds me he reminds me of Alex yes I mean, yes he does who knows if he'll ever get that opportunity to be like Burroughs, but he reminds me of him the way he plays. Mm-hmm. You know, Nose to the net, scores the goals, boom, bam.
0: Boom, bam, Love. boom, bam, boom, bam.
1: All right, maybe there's some argument that these guys should be dropped lower, but at number six, I have Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty from the Los Angeles Kings. And look, they're the Kings suck, but these two Those guys two. are still playing well. They are. They're still good players.
0: Dude, Drew, Drew Doughty is, I'll say it right now, he, he's been doing it for me this year, man. He's one of my favorite players. And the fact that he's still good, I think... Going into the season, there were some people saying that he would start, you know, spiraling off, but competitor, he probably hears the noise too. I feel like he's one of those dudes that has a burner account. He's on, he's on Twitter looking at shit, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel as if he may, may have seen something, it motivated him, and even though his team sucks, he's making sure that he's doing his best to still be known as one of the better defensemen in in the league. When this guy's on, especially in the playoffs, and we've seen this guy two cups, bro. I know it was years ago, but Drew Doughty, incredible, man. You, you want to talk about things that I've watched during the break? 2010 Olympic highlight package. We talk yeah. in most of the games. Drew Doughty was on that team. Drew Doughty yeah. was on that team. I, I believe that was, what, his second year in the league?
1: I think, it was a, I think he was a rookie that year. Was he a rookie no, no, that right. year? No, 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 you're right, you're right. It was his... It was his second year in the league. That's
0: incredible, bro. Yeah. He was on the ice. I think was he on the ice for that goal? I'm pretty sure he was with Niedermeyer.
1: I believe he was. Bro, and he was great that He was year in the great, bro. Incredible, oh, bro. Fifty-nine incredible. points as a sophomore, sixteen goals, incredible. and then seven points in six playoff games. Uh, was that the Canucks too? In twenty in twenty ten, I believe that was the Vancouver. First Canucks, round man. when the the Kings had Ryan Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. Seven points in six games against the Canucks in his uh, no, he was first good. playoff appearance. Man, what a year for Drew Doughty! He's good, man. He's good, and he's year. one
0: of the. I feel as if if he wasn't playing in L.A., he would be one of the faces in the NHL because he's got that unique look to him. He's not the best looking dude, but he's got the uh, he's got like he the looks, Post Malone factor, you know?
1: He looks like a fucking hockey player. Yeah, right? we'll looks like a flat.
0: fucking hockey player, man. Greasy motherfucker, but he rocks it, man. He rocks it, confident as fuck, man. Shout out to Doughty.
1: Shout out, Drew Dowdy. We got a couple more defensemen. I think you know who's next on the list. Number five, San Jose Sharks with Eric Carlson and Burns. Honestly, I thought these guys would be way higher yeah. in the list if you ask me the Bro, question. The Pacific the sucks, the man. <laughs> Yo, I like, and, and San Jose's a big, but San Jose's a big part of that, you know? Like the fact that LA and, and Anaheim suck, everyone kind of knew that. But everyone thought San Jose was still going to be good. And I had my questions about San Jose based on their goaltending, but I thought with like Carlson and or yeah Carlson and Burns that they still be a great team. Bro,
0: it's just nothing was working for them this year. Nothing, dude, yeah. nothing. Injury yeah. after injury, and just bad play, and trying to bring Did back Marlow and losing Pavelski, and it just didn't fit well, man. It didn't fit well. That's another team, that I, I, I don't know if I'd say I'd watch out for them next year, but we're talking about competitors, and they've been good for a long time. Maybe just maybe they needed a year like this. Am I saying that right now? Am I saying that right now? Now, with that being said, let's be real, bro. If they don't, I know this is the home of the West Coast buys, but if they don't change up their goaltending, I'm sorry, Martin Jones is it's just not going to work in San Jose. It's not yeah, going to work. Garbage. Can we see a trade? Or can, can we see? Can we see uh, Corey Schneider for uh, Martin Jones? <laughs>
1: You think that's gonna help them.
0: I don't know, well, but well, I, who else is? The, like, is it, it? Does it got to be one of those like change of scenery type of moves? You know what I'm saying? Shit,
1: it might. It might have to be like because yeah, in San Jose, it's an absolute joke. I don't see San Jose bouncing back next year. Maybe I'm being naive. I think they're too old. Unless they change that goaltending, they're fucked. And you know, sometimes when guys get paid, the motivation goes down, and that's just part of life. And that's- maybe that's happened with Burns and Carlson. You know, they both had long playoff mm. runs. They, maybe they feel like they've had their shot. I don't know, man. Maybe who knows? I'm
0: just uh, Hey, that's what either. I'm saying, bro. Maybe it's it had to be like this. Now they got all this rest and who knows what happens next year. I'm huge. I'm a huge Brett Burns fan. I know he's I know he sucks at defense, okay? I know he's been bad pretty much this whole year, but I'm a huge fan of his man. Gamer. We just talked about Drew Dowdy being one of the faces of the league. I think Brett Burns, he not necessarily will be like the face of the league, but he has personality. He plays the game different. He's, bit, he's a bit of like a midfielder. And then you got Eric Carlson. Dude, I wanted this dude last year, bro. I wanted the Canucks to sign him. I oh, never so got the that. chance, but incredible talent, bro. Incredible talent. And once again, who knows what San Jose will do next year, but this year was just an absolute fucking mess, bro. Nothing was working. Nothing was, was working.
1: Uh, we're going to get into the top four here. Uh, if you can guess all teams that have better playoff aspirations than the San Jose Sharks, number four, I have Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan from the Calgary Flames. All yeah, right. Maybe right. these guys, like maybe they should have been ranked higher. And again, if we were doing this at the beginning of last season, I think they're ranking ahead of the Canucks and night. We haven't mentioned yet either.
0: They are. They are.
1: I yeah. think, I don't know. Johnny, Johnny Goudreau just didn't have the same year. I, I feel like he's not finishing his career as a flame. You know, I, I know there's a lot of smoke around that, but I, I actually believe that if, if he has another year, like he did this year,
0: He's That'd be a shame, not bro.
1: Resigning Calgary.
0: That would be a shame, bro. For. For Calgary, man, because he's a, he's an elite talent, bro, and they had him for, for cheap. He was incredible. He he's been incredible since he's gone to the league, bro. There, there's been games where I've watched of Calgary where he's just the best player on the fucking ice, bro. He's incredible. Yeah. Like The way he plays the game is on another level than most people on the ice. He sees the game different. He's able to find holes. And it's not just because he's the smallest dude on the ice. He, That dude's brain when it comes to the game of hockey is incredible, man. Incredible. He finds open ice. He does his thing. It would be very, very hard for Calgary to replace him, obviously. Not just the player, but just that cap hit. They had him for cheap, bro. I, I, I think that he either gets just over six or less than six a year.
1: Six six 6.75 <laughs> bro damn bro for a guy who had 99 points last damn, season bro damn
0: i was a bit off there it's all good it's all good we make mistakes it's no, no, all no. good
1: you, you you had the over under he's at six.
0: underpaid he's been underpaid and if calgary doesn't win or get you know to a western conference final with those two that's a pretty good one-two punch man sean monahan he's very yeah he's boring He's very boring, but he gets the job done. He does, bro. He does.
1: Boring. Boring. Sean Monahan. Monahan.
0: Yeah, yeah, Fun yeah. fact
1: about Johnny Goudreau, six of his 12 playoff points came against the Vancouver Canucks.
0: Damn.
1: He has six points in his other 14 playoff games. Now, what do you expect from a superstar straight player? Straight up, straight up. Not That's with- why I Calgary probably lost those other three series that he played in.
0: Straight up, your best players got to be your best players, man.
1: Yeah, just throwing some shade to Calgary. We, we sort of love you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really not number really. three on the list the Vegas Golden Knights with Mark Stone Ooh. and Max, Max Pacioretty. Damn, now, again they jumped this list if you're talking about the beginning of the season they're definitely behind Goudreau Monaghan they're behind Carlson Burns but they had a crazy year this season and they were I know da- like Dallas <laughs> Vegas is a deep team but you're talking about two guys here at Stone and Pacioretty who I think are probably a bit underrated
0: I think they are two man, and Mark Stone, we've heard about him for the last couple of years. We, everyone knows who Mark Stone is now, and everyone knows he deserves to get paid that money that he's getting paid, and he's one of the better players in the league. He does things in the playoffs. He's a competitor. Any, any team would love to have Mark Stone. He's, he's fucking amazing, bro. He really is. He really is. He, he's one of my favorite players in the league. You know, I was, I was writing down some JT Miller comparisons, and I, I, I just wrote down a poor man's Mark Stone.
1: Yeah, Yo, in- that's actually not a bad comparison. I don't mind that. I think Mark Stone probably has a better defensive impact because he's mm-hmm. just such a great two-way player. Yeah, uh, but I, I like that comparison in general.
0: Cool, cool. It's what I do, Trevor. I'm not that. Come on, bro. I do something sometimes. There you go, man. Shit. Man. Shit the, man.
1: NHL might, the NHL might be on break, but you're as sharp as ever, man. A hundred
0: percent. Okay. And, and did you say the other superstar was Mustard Salt or?
1: No, oh, I said Max Pacioretty. Max
0: Pacioretty, okay. See, that's where I have a problem. I, I like, I like, I think, yo, know, Pacioretty's had a great year this year. He's been really good. Really good. He's one of those smart players. I'm not going to compare him to Phil Kessel, but he's one of those players that just gets, the, gets those points, scores those bingos. Smart player, gets the job done. I just fuck with Jonathan Mustard Salt. I think he's better than Max Pacioretty. I really do. That one, yeah. he plays a more important position. I Jonathan Mustard Salt, man, great player, great player.
1: But you, again, you're talking about more important position. I mean, M- uh, Mustard Salt is not the centerman on that line, yeah, right? I, 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 it's uh, Carlson, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Carlson yeah, yeah. on that line. Uh, Mustard Salt has taken 78 faceoffs this year. But I, again, Salt. I'm talking about this season, and we're talking about impact this season. It's been Patchetti. Patchetti had an outside chance at uh, hitting 40 goals. I mean, he had. Boom, to, boom. He, eight goals in his last 10. Or oh, fire, year. bro.
0: Vegas was on fire, bro. Fire. Yeah,
1: they were on a roll. They were on a roll toward the end of the season. Fucking wagon team right there. They are, um, man. Shout out again, Vegas. Again, Patrick deserved it this season. I think everyone wouldn't have been surprised if he kind of continued on the downward tra- trajectory as like a 40, 50, 60-point player. Mm-hmm. But he had 66 points this season, 32 goals. Like, he was killing it. He, he was, was killing this dude.
0: Good player, good player. And Vegas just seems as if it would be the perfect spot for Max Pacioretty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For him to right. play his game. And not, not to say that Vegas doesn't care about hockey. It's just not Montreal. It's
1: yeah, just not I Montreal.
0: Right and now. even if Vegas does have a, a great relationship with the game and they care a lot and they're intense about their hockey, it's just not Montreal. <laughs> you know, it's just not Montreal. There's still so much in their honeymoon phase where if it is negative, it's just not Montreal.
1: Yeah, I hear you there, man. Uh, yeah, Vegas, like you said, they were on a roll. They won 11 of the last 13 games mm-hmm. before the break, so they were absolutely rolling. Uh, let's keep rolling on. We're almost at the end of this list. There's no surprises left. Number two, Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, hey. Vancouver Canucks. We hey. talked about them all on the show. Uh, let me just spoil one stat that I had on my Quinn Hughes article. I think you might find this kind of interesting. Quinn Hughes had the lowest cost per assist in the NHL this season.
0: Speak English. What does that
1: mean? So by that I mean on CapFriendly.com, there's a great tool where you can see how many points, assist, goals a player's got based on their cap hit. Quinn Hughes had twenty thousand dollars per assist, easily, <laughs> easily the lowest total in the NHL. I love it. I love it. The Canucks, man. They, <laughs> <laughs> um, next year is is the last year before Elias Pettersson's future contract kicks in. Like we're talking about a prime opportunity. The Leafs had this a couple years ago when all their guys were on the cheap, too.
0: Yeah, man. Prime
1: opportunity where you guys are on the cheap, and it's not going to be around much longer. Oh, you the last person providing that value.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's, uh... Man, that's the sad part about being a Canucks fan during this time. Sounds selfish, but fuck, man. <laughs> fuck. It would have been nice, bro, to see what they would have done. Not in the playoffs. Like, just to see what they would have done down the stretch. To see what they were made of. That's what I was interested in. And to be honest, bro, I know assumptions should should be illegal, but I was assuming that these two were going to bring it, bro. They're they're competitors. I've used that word a lot here, but we've been talking about a lot of great players. We've been talking about a lot of winners on this program today. Those two right there, man, they're gamers, ballers. They don't give a fuck about anything else but hockey and being the best. It would have been fun to watch to see how they would have willed the Canucks to a playoff spot. How they would have handled the pressure. And on top of all this. We're talking about the effort. The competitiveness. Once again. Mad skill. Are you fucking kidding me man. Quinn Hughes. First year in the league. Made it look fucking easy. 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 Elias Pedersen, Dude. Second year in the league. Easy. Easy. These guys are going to be incredible. Like, I-, I can't. I can't explaining words how excited i am to have these guys in our city <laughs> straight up bro we fucking lucky dude blessed
1: yeah we're lucky we're lucky as fuck and let me just quickly say number one on the list is dry cell mcdavid you heard it off the top easy, yeah, easy. yeah yeah 100%. i will say two two small things though that might make you feel better as a canucks fan a at least we don't have some veteran on the team who's really good who's you know, about to retire in a couple of years and you're thinking, Oh shit, it's one of their last shots. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. Again, yeah. I,
1: I think of like the Brett Hall who, who's, who's 35 years old, who won his first cup mm-hmm. in 1999, you know, the Canucks superstars are young. We're going to have these guys for a long time. And secondly, if, and when the season is canceled, can you imagine how hungry these guys are going to be for fucking playoff hockey come 2021? Yes. It's it- going to be fucking crazy. And, and it'll suck. If the season gets canceled, it'll suck. if we don't see Hughes and Pedersen in, in the playoffs this year. But we will, we will see Pedersen-Hughes in the playoffs someday here, all you Knox fans.
0: Yes, yes, 100%. And you, you brought up a good point with Quinn and Elias, and it ties in very well with Connor and Dreisaitl. They're fucking young. If you have two of these guys on your team, and they're 22, 21, 20, 19, or whatever, bro, you have a chance to be competitive, just based on those two players alone because they set the tone for the whole, the whole locker room, bro. And they're, they're some of the best players in the league. And you got two of them, you're good for like 10 years if you take care of them. Again, just to be competitive. Just to get in the dance. Because that's all it takes, man. Now, with Edmonton, it's a little different. Those two get in the dance, you, you actually may not need anyone else. <laughs> that's just a fact, bro. They're
1: fucking crazy. Yeah. The, the Nick Bondi rule. They're gonna win two games on their own. Yes, they're gonna win two games on their own.
0: And goaltending's a weird thing, yo. Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle on another planet, bro. And because Connor's just Connor's nothing against Leon. Leon's been amazing, the best player in the league. Probably was gonna win MVP, but Connor just best player since Gretzky, man. Best player since Gretzky.
1: Yeah, yeah, something else right there, man. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm still dreaming of. The Canucks-Oilers matchup we might have potentially seen if the NHL did jump Max. into the playoffs based on points percentage, but who knows? Hopefully we're blessed with that one day here in the NHL. Max, and am still getting filthy. Kyle, man, it's been an awesome episode. This has been fun. It's been fun, man. We we've, old games.
0: we've been recording a lot. We just went off the dome there. I'm, that was fun, though. It made my, uh, my blood warm. I missed hockey, though. I missed hockey. Yeah,
1: yeah. My blood's warm, and, and maybe it's the bourbon I was drinking hey, during was, this episode. I was drinking some red wine. seeing your face, man. Maybe it's just seeing your face. Hey. But anyways, listeners, we hope you're all doing well during your quarantine. Uh, we hope to keep giving you content here on the Nuxmiss Connick Network. Go to NuxmissConnick.com. Subscribe to the network if you want to still get your hockey fix. We're going to be here for you, whether you want it or not. Ooh, whether
0: you want it or not. Kyle Bound, Trevor Beggs, Nuxmiss Connick Network. Yo, I'll be back with Sippin' soon. I wrote down about eight ideas, and I wrote a bit of a, an epiphany. I've been writing, man. I've been writing, bro. Just, just trying to figure this shit out, man. Figure this shit out. What's going on with me and Sippin' on 40? We'll find out soon. Also, Post It Up Network. I don't even know if we're allowed to do this on, on the SB Nation thing, but I'm going to do it anyways. Go check us out. Coming out next week, Trevor Bags, Kyle Bound have their own show called Meanwhile in Canada, PostItUp.ca, the Post It Up Network. Revolutionizing... Some part of your life.
1: That's all. Revolutionizing your opinion about Canada.
0: Hey, there you go. There you go. Silky and filthy. You're home for Puck talking Bullshit. Much love to Begsy, man. Much love to
1: Begsy and Bondi. And much love to you, Kyle, as well. And much love to all the listeners out there. Again, stay safe, stay healthy. Love your families. Wash your body. And we'll catch you clean, bastards, next time. Peace,
0: peace, peace.